Hello and welcome back to Warrior Walker. We're so glad you joined us today. I hope that you're safe. And if you need help with abuse or domestic violence or know someone who does, please don't hesitate to call the National Center for Domestic Violence hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. Well, today's broadcast or podcast, I guess this is a podcast, not a broadcast, right? I don't know why the word broadcast slipped out of my lips. Um, But today I am recording um, from home. I am back home again after a brief um, little trip slash stint to Frankenmuth, Michigan with one of my sons. And it was a wonderful time overall for, I think for both of us, we really enjoyed it. I know I really did. Um, I had never been there before, but my beloved grandma Walker, who was my best friend, um, she had talked about going there uh, when I was younger and growing up. And so um, my son loves Christmas and it's like a Christmassy type town, Christmas town. And he loves traveling, so I thought this is some place I can travel because I can't. I can no longer travel through the mountains. But anyway, it's a lot of detail and unnecessary detail you probably don't need to know. But just keeping it real, um, we had a. I, I had a wonderful time. We had a wonderful time together, and just really enjoyed, um, especially the little Bavarian river shops. Um, if you ever get a chance to go there, it was really nice, and it was almost like being in a foreign country. For a minute, and we both really enjoyed that the most, I think. Um, but this morning, this podcast is going to be a little different. Um, I just want to share with you some of the things God has been doing in my life. Um, my podcast is primarily dedicated to sharing my story and my testimony and the stories of others and their testimonies in order to try to help other women victims of domestic violence. Um, And so my podcast is dedicated to helping women victims of domestic violence primarily, although really it's for anyone. Um, And I can see by my audience statistics on Anchor, which is where I record my podcasts. I know some of you listen to them on Apple, on your iPod, on Spotify, on your web browser, there are various platforms where people are listening. Um, But I know 21% of my audience are male members. So I want to include you as well. Obviously, the majority of my audience is female. And that those statistics obviously fluctuate and vacillate from time to time. But I try to keep my eye on that. Um, But that's the primary ministry. However, today I want to share with you where my life is now and what God has been doing. Obviously, I have suffered um, some pretty severe mental, emotional, and spiritual repercussions and abuses and and after effects and long-term effects from um, both growing up with abuse in my homes, and from my marriage. Um, But I want to share some of the positive with you and what God can do just by sharing with you where my life is today. And I don't want to brag at all. Um, I'm not trying to brag on myself at all. This is actually my testimony to what God can do because if God can do it for me, which he obviously can, of course, he can do it for you as well. 
And so, like I said, it wasn't always easy. Um, it was really super hard to break free from those generational patterns and from, you know, excuse me, from the cycle of domestic violence and abuse and from the power wheel of control, which I've mentioned in past podcast episodes, which if you haven't heard them, um, you can go to the National Center for Domestic Violence website, or you can just do a Google search probably and look for the Duluth, D-U-L-U-T-H model of the power wheel. Um, And it's a power wheel. And there are um, variations of it nowadays, um, but the original is the power wheel, I think, of domestic violence. And it's a cycle. So um, anyway, obviously I've suffered, um, you know, like I said, some severe mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual repercussions from the abuse that has gone on pretty much all my life. Um, but the Lord, Father God has also been Jesus has also been helping me get healthier as well. And, um, you know, I'm still working on it. And like my grandma Walker used to say, my beloved grandma Walker, I'll be learning till the day I die. Well, I kind of modified that, you know, I'll be growing hopefully until the day I die. My physical body dies. But I wanted to share with you my testimony of you know, what my life kind of looks like today. And there's some stuff I can't share because it's confidential, but um, it just goes to show, number one, how powerful God is. Number two, how much he cares about each and every one of us. He cares about me. He cares about you. He cares about including your abuser, the person who's abusing you. He cares about your children. If you have them, he cares about every single one of us. And the Bible says that he knows every hair on our head. I mean, he knows everything about us. So why should we talk to him? Why do we have to talk to him if he knows everything about us? Well, we don't have to. But um, I personally believe that God wants a personal relationship with us. And Jesus called us his friend. And I believe he wants to to be our best friend. And um, Jesus is my best friend. At least I consider him my best friend. You know, I, I can tell him things that I wouldn't necessarily tell almost anyone else, you know, I, I tell, and he's available all the time, anytime, day or night, you know, but, um, anyway, I'm not saying that you shouldn't try to get help if, because it's in the middle of the night and you don't want to bother anyone. If you need help and you're unsafe, by all means, get help. I'm not saying that at all, but, um, you know, Jesus obviously is, is no longer human with us. So, um, even though he can relate to us because he was human while he was on this earth. So as I share where my life is today and some of the blessings of my life in my testimony, um, I'm not going to talk as much like before I talked about the blessings that God gave me, you know, when I left my abusive marriage. Now I'm going to talk more about where my life is kind of today. And like I said, there's some things that are confidential that I can't share, but I think you'll get a really good idea of what God has done for me. So I went from being, um, from oppression in an abusive marriage to where God has me today. And obviously I'm still learning, like I'm still growing. I'm still in that process, but I'm sharing with you and I'm trying to share with you where I am right now. So, um, 
I'm just kind of going to summarize things a little bit um, and kind of give you more of a big picture type deal. Um, but once I, and, and if you want to listen to like the ways God financially blessed me, that's in another podcast. I think it's called Blessings. Um, but anyway, if you just read the descriptions, you can find that. I'm sure. Um, but I'm just going to kind of hop, skip and jump around to all the like main points, looking back in retrospect and in hindsight on my life so far. For those of you don't who don't know, I'm 53 years old now. I had gotten married when I was 24 years old, had my first child when I was 25. My second child, I think I was 26. Yeah because he was born three months before I turned 27, April, May, June. Yeah, three months. Um, and then I was married for a grand total of 17 years. I had gotten married in 1993 and two days after Christmas. And then in or 2010, my divorce was final. So um, when I left my ex-husband finally, um, I shared in another podcast about how God was blessing me and the children financially and in other ways while we were separated for three and a half years before the divorce was final. But um, one of the things I'm going to slightly reiterate that God did for me is a little while after, a little while after that, um, I was approved and accepted for a program called Transition to Teaching at through Indiana Wesleyan University, where I was thankfully and gratefully able to transition or convert my Bachelor of Arts in Spanish degree from Purdue University into a teaching license and certification. And this was a graduate level program. Unfortunately, it didn't count for a master's degree, but it was a four-year graduate level program condensed into 18 months. So I completed that program and I became a classroom teacher. Um, I passed, uh, at that time I had to pass three exams. I had to pass what's called a praxis exam. I had to pass a pedagogy exam. Um, and in those exams was a content exam, examination like test. Um, and these were all through a company called Pearson, which kind of has the market on the teaching um, tests, at least as for, to my knowledge. Anyway, um, and a, a lot of teachers don't pass any of those exams the first time. It takes at least two or three times to pass them because they're really, really super difficult. I mean, they're notorious for being extremely difficult. And so it's very common for teachers not to pass any of those exams the first time. And um, the content exam was obviously my content area is Spanish. I am a Spanish, a high school Spanish teacher. Technically, I'm certified to teach Spanish um, in grades five through 12, but my jobs have all but one been for high school. Um, so that's what I tend to kind of focus on. Um, so I passed the co content exam, the Spanish content exam, um, where it was reading, writing, and speaking. And I thought I would do really well on the reading. And I was really nervous about the writing and speaking. 
but it was actually the opposite. I did well on all three, but I did the best on the writing and speaking and the reading um, comprehension was, uh, you know, I still did well, but not as well as the writing and speaking. So I passed all that content test the first time. I also had to take, um, for the Praxis exam, I think it was, had to take a math and English um, exam to become a teacher. And um, the English I didn't really have a problem with, which I was kind of shocked, actually. I'm really good at English grammar, but I'm not as good at English literature. So I was actually pretty shocked that I did well at the English on the English test. The math, I was 43 when I went into this program, so I hadn't been um, studying the math concepts and algebra and things like that for like 25 years or something, 25, 30 years. And so um, I, you know, asked my children at the time and they kind of gave me a little tutoring session, kind of crash course, which helped me remember and recall a lot of those algebra equations and formulas and calculations and, and just the math things like that. And so I did end up passing the math test. So I passed the math and English test and I passed the Spanish content the first time. Then I went to take the pedagogy test. And for some reason, that test seemed a lot harder to me. And I felt like the questions were very ambiguous. So I actually failed that test the first time. And then I went back and took it again. And the second time I was so confused so I completed the test and then I closed my eyes and I sat there and I made my, I forced myself to do some breathing exercises and I actually prayed to God and asked him for help. And I'm like, Lord, this is nothing. This is not making sense to me. Like these questions are so ambiguous, ambiguous. It could be, there are a couple answers for each question that could be correct. And I just prayed and asked God to help me. And I opened my eyes and it was like suddenly everything became clear to me, almost like a light bulb came on, but just suddenly everything became clear. And I was like, oh, I get it now. I know what they're asking. And so I went back and changed my answers for literally 30 questions on that test because suddenly I understood what they were asking. Like the ambiguity just kind of sort of disappeared for me. And I know that was totally God answering my prayer request to him. And um, I counted it. It was 30 questions that I changed the answers to and I passed it with flying colors. So, um, so anyway, I got my teaching license and degree, um, not degree, but like certification and credentials. And my, and then I applied for my license and I got my license and when you first get a teaching license, it's called an initial or an introductory teaching license, I believe, if I recall correct, correctly. It's been a few years now. And that initial teaching license is good for two years. And during that two-year time, you have to earn uh, 90 what are called PGP or professional growth points to continue being a teacher and remain in the profession. Um, so I went ahead and did that and I renewed my license to teach my teaching license after two years. And then once you get through that to your initial license, um, your teaching license is good for five years at a time. So then it becomes that every five years you need to earn 90 PGP points to, to keep your credentials. And long story short, the way to earn those points is to attend educational workshops and trainings and things like that. 
And typically, one hour of training is one point. So basically, this is saying that you need um, 90 hours of training to continue to be a teacher every five years once you're past that initial two years, two-year mark. So, um, I've, excuse me, I've actually done that twice now, so I'm in my third set of teaching license. Um, so that is one thing God did for me, was he allowed me to go back to college, to go back to school, back to college, and get my teaching license and certification. And he blessed me in that way um, once I left my abusive marriage and my abusive ex-husband. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, another thing that God did for me was I didn't even have my teaching license yet. And a friend contacted me and said, Hey, Gwenna, I know of a Christian school that's looking in it for a Spanish teacher. I know you homeschooled you were a homeschool Spanish teacher for, you know, 10 plus years. Would you be interested? And I was like, well, I don't have a teaching license yet. And she's like, yeah, I know, but they might be willing to make an exception in your case. So long story short, I interviewed for that position. I got the job without a teaching license. Um, it was really hard because I was going to grad school full time plus teaching full-time with no experience in a classroom whatsoever. I honestly had no clue what in the world I was doing. I mean, I was used to having children around, but not in a classroom setting. Um, and so it was a lot. <laughs> um, I actually crashed and burned twice that year. I did that for one year. Um, and then, of course, through the um, graduate level uh, transition to teaching program, I was also placed in a student teaching assignment where I learned and grew a lot, I think, I feel. Um, it was a really good experience. I'm very grateful for that. And I had a wonderful mentor and instructor um, through Indiana Wesleyan University um, that I'm actually still friends with. He's such a good instructor, such a good Christian man. And um, he's been very supportive to all of us, not just me, but including me. Um, and so he was quite helpful. And so um, God put me in that position. And I wasn't earning a lot of money because it was a private school, but it was an income. And it was more than I had before because before I had primarily relied on my ex-husband's income, who obviously had been my husband at the time. And so I was slowly starting to gain financial independence again from my ex-husband or from my husband at that time because we were technically legally still married but separated. So God did that for me. God um, opened a door for me to teach at a private Christian school without a teaching license. And then, um, and he opened a teaching opportunity well, my student teaching assignment ended in December, and so I was looking for a teaching job um, in January, and I was blessed with a long-term substitute teaching assignment at a public school nearby, which of course I accepted, which almost never happens. People kept telling me, oh, you'll never find a teaching job in January, but there was actually a teacher who broke his contract and left in the middle of the year, the school year. 
And so I was able to take over that position um, for him and for the people uh, at the school that he had left. And um, unbeknownst to me at the time, I believe someone told them I already had my teaching license, but I never said that because I didn't. I was still in the process of testing that at that time. Um, but anyway, I went ahead and took that long-term assignment and I taught at that school um, for a semester, like the spring, the whole spring semester. And then, um, so God did that for me. Um, first, he first, like I said, God opened up the doors and I was able to go back to college and to grad school and get my bachelor's degree converted into a teaching license and certification. And then God opened up the doors. It's almost unheard of for a teacher to be hired mid school year like that. And so God opened the doors for me and allowed me to be hired in. And then, um, let's see, where did I go after that? Then God started calling me out of my comfort zone because I was still living in my hometown of Fort Wayne at the time. And so I was like, okay. So I started accepting interviews for teaching positions because um, that long-term substitute teaching position was just a temporary position to fill in, you know, the rest of the year for the guy who had left his contract, basically, the teacher, the former teacher who had um, left the school. Um, so I took six interviews. Um, I believe most, if not all of them, were out of town. And I ended up working at a rural school not far from Purdue University, where I had graduated from college originally. And so God opened that door for me. And he moved me to, oh my gosh, he opened the door actually and moved me to this beautiful apartment. Um, this is the best place I've ever lived other than my house. And um, oh my gosh, it was gorgeous. I loved that place. It was really super spacious, um, had one and a half baths, huge master bedroom, huge living room, nice kitchen. It was just a really nice place and I really liked it. Um, it was two bedroom, if I recall correctly, but it was really, really nice. And it was a decent price too. So I ended up working and living there for two years. And then the, God called me again out of kind of my comfort zone. It wasn't as much of a comfort zone as my home, hometown had been. Um, and by the way, when I moved to this place, before I tell you about the next step, um, I prayed to God because I literally knew not one person when I moved there and I prayed to God and I said, will you please, you, you choose my friends for me. And it took a year and a half, but those friends are friends for life. They're some of the best friends I've ever had. And, um, I know they're with me forever. And I know if I ever needed something, I could go to them and be, they'd be right there for me and vice versa. I would be there for them as well. So, so then God called me to move again, um, and he opened the doors for me to teach at a school. Um, this was a public school in a very small town, and so I taught there for four years. Um, and uh, God also blessed me with a raise when I moved there, which was really nice, of course. And during this time, each of these jobs increased my income quite a bit. And so I worked there for years. And then um, 
that situation become, became, um, there were issues at that situation. Let's just put it that way. And then God opened the doors for me to work where I am now. And again, I got another raise, this time larger raise than I'd ever gotten before, thankfully. Um, it was a huge blessing. Of course, it's not all about the money, but I'm sure you all know that most people know that teachers don't really get paid what most of us are worth. I mean, we have, you know, a lot of, I don't yet, but a lot of teachers have master's degrees and don't really get compensated well enough for that. Um, I'm working on mine, but anyway, so God opened the doors for this place and so far, um, it's amazing and I love it. And I'll just share this. I mean, it's public record if you look it up. Um, this is my second year there, and I love it. It's amazing. Um, it's not perfect because no place is because we're all human and nobody's perfect. But it's the best place I've ever worked so far, and I hope that continues. And it changes every year because it's fairly new, and so it's still growing. And so they're very open. It's very open to change and, and improvement and always trying to make things better, which is one of the things I love most about this place. So, um, and the administration really tries their best to make it great. And that's like, that's really important and meaningful in, to me. Um, I appreciate that they do that. And, uh, I feel valued and respected. They're definitely respected. Um, but anyway, and I just, go in and do my job and, you know, collaborate with other people as needed and go home. And it's great. And I love the kids. I mean, it's just wonderful. I'm so happy here. So far, so good. <laughs> um, but I also got a huge raise this year, like bigger than I've ever gotten. And so God just has, from the time that I started that first job at, um, and I'm not trying to make this all about money, but I want to be honest with you too and real and authentic and genuine and vulnerable. But from the first time at that small Christian private school um, where I didn't even have my teaching license yet to now, God has over doubled my income. <laughs> and I still don't make a ton of money, but it's actually a decent amount now that I can afford to live on. And uh, God is just so good, you know, and obviously there have been repercussions from, you know, in my opinion, my having stayed in my ab abusive marriage too long. And part of this is my fault, but part of this is something called parental alienation. I think you may have heard in another one of my podcasts, if you've listened to any others of them yet, is that one of my children is estranged and it's really hard to say. Um, this is Christmas number three without him, I think. Yeah, uh, because it was December 13th, 2020. Um, so this is the third Christmas without him. So that's difficult to say. Um, but uh, I've learned so much. I'm still thankfully really close with my other son and I'm hopeful and um, yeah, looking forward to the possibility of reconciliation with my estranged son, hopefully one day. Um, 
doing my best now to respect his boundaries and have been for a while. Um, but something else, and I'm so thankful, I was able to recently go on a little mini trip to a small town not too far away with my son, um, who's close to me still, and I'm close to him still, thankfully. And we were able to go on a short little mini trip together, and it was wonderful and just really enjoyed spending time with him in this little like foreign looking town. It was so much fun. And I think we both really loved, loved it for the most part. Um, another thing God has been doing for me is um, I've been helping a friend who's had some mental issues for, I don't know, going on three or four years now. And um, actually it's been over three years now, I think. And um someone recognized in me that I was acting like a counselor and they were like, you have natural counseling tendencies. And so one of the things God did for me was I was given a scholarship to attend um, online courses through a university called Light University. And I was able to... um complete these courses and now have become a mental health life coach through that program. Um, so God is just doing amazing things. And finally, the other main thing God has been doing for me, I mean, he's provided places for me to live um, at affordable rates. And I have a roommate that helps with costs right now. Um, but God has also, he opened up the doors. I was approved for a program. Um, it's through Indiana, the state of Indiana, and it's called Indiana Teach Dual Credit. Um, I was given a letter of recommendation for it by one of the administrators at the school where I work and was approved for the program, thankfully. And I am in the slow process, but the process nonetheless of eventually becoming dual credit certified. What that means is I'm taking one class at a time, and these are all master's level classes in my content area, which is actually Spanish, as you probably know from earlier in the podcast episode here right now. Um, but these are master's level courses. I'm taking one course at a time to eventually become dual credit certified, which means I will be able to teach dual credit Spanish. So my students will be able to take dual credit Spanish with me as their teacher once I finish this program eventually. And that means they'll not only get the students, my students will not only get high school credit for these cor this course, but they'll also get college credit for it, which can help them with their credits at college and help prepare them. And they may even, they might even be able to test out of some Spanish and test into uh, more advanced classes in the language if they want to take it when they go to college, plus they'll get the credits for it. So ultimately, it's a, a benefit to my students. And so I've now completed two of the six courses for that. And then there are five or six courses after that, that if I continue my education, which is what I plan to do, um, God willing, then I will become, I will have my master's degree or a master's degree. And so um, God has just opened up those doors. And the whole program, again, is all provided and paid for by the state of Indiana. 
So God has opened up all these amazing doors for me. Um, and it's just absolutely incredible. So, um, I do have some student loan debt from when I went to Indiana Wesleyan University, um, which my income, although it's increased exponentially, it's still nowhere near enough to totally pay that off. Um, so I know there is a lot of controversy and debate about the student loan program. And personally, I'm honestly not a huge fan of President Biden, but that is one thing I'm very grateful for. And it looks like I may qualify for that program. And it's not that I made a poor decision. Um, I think a lot of people don't understand the position that a lot of us were in. Um, I didn't know that I wouldn't make enough money teaching to be able to pay that loan back. So um, anyway, uh, hopefully I'll qualify for that and it will relieve about half of my debt for my student loan debt. So that would be nice. So God has just done so much for me. And those are just like the main major things, but they're pretty big. They're huge. You know, and like I said at the beginning of this podcast, God has blessed me. If he'll bless me, which he obviously and incredulously has, he'll bless you too, you know? Um, just know God's got your back and he loves you and he cares about you and he wants the best for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans for a hope and a future. And, you know, God will put a person or two or people in your life like he did with me that will kind of guide you or bless you or both. And all these things, like I actually had prayed for God to make a way. I said, I want a master's degree for teaching. I want to become dual credit certified, but I don't have the money to do it. And I prayed and I asked God to open a door and make a way. And he answered that prayer. And, and, and I was incredulous, not going to lie. Why was I incredulous? I don't know. I shouldn't be. It's God. I should know he can do big things, right? So, and as I say that, I'm reminding myself, God can, he can do big things, which means he can bring my estranged son back. So anyway, um, and when we can both be healthier. <laughs> um, so, you know, please uh, make comments, ask questions, share your thoughts. Um, let me know what you think. I would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Um, God bless you. Until next time, I love you, but Jesus loves you more. <laughs>